Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I am Clay Travis. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. You would have had a fantastic weekend if you took our gambling picks in the Final Four since we went 2-0. Late night here because I had my boys up for the first time since the late 1980s. I watched WrestleMania. Danny G. Robert, you guys do not watch WrestleMania, right? I know Jason Martin is out because he was at WrestleMania down in Orlando in that stadium, the Citrus Bowl. It was an unbelievable spectacle of absurdity and ridiculousness. Like I said, first time I've watched a WrestleMania since back in the days of Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and Miss Elizabeth. My boys are absolutely obsessed with wrestling, and it was an incredible spectacle. But you guys don't watch any of this stuff, right? No, we we don't. I did see the uh, highlight clip of Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, in the ring. Gronk uh, made an appearance, probably driving everybody crazy since he was injured uh, at the end of the season. He came in and flattened somebody, and uh, it, it was pretty wild. And it got me thinking with the way that LeBron and Tristan Thompson were going together, uh, going at it last night, is the NBA the most similar to the WWE of all of our leagues? I was watching it, and you know, and, and I'm watching that for several hours last night, and then I flip over and I see the highlights of LeBron James and Tristan Thompson going at each other, and I started thinking to myself, like, if I were ranking actual sports and comparing them to the WWE, 
Is there any doubt that the NBA is the most WWE-like of all our sports? I mean, and, and the, the similarities are kind of endless. You have constant feuds, right? Everybody kind of, like, upset with petty things. Is somebody showing them enough respect? Uh, the decisions of the superstars, do they align together? Do they go off on their own? The fact that officiating is always in question, it's always in the NBA, like somebody's not looking and something crazy happens in the NBA. I think the NBA is the most WWE-like of all of our sports. And then beyond that, I'm not even sure what a close second is. I guess probably the NFL. Probably the NFL is the second most WWE-like. And for the NBA, it's it, 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 the regular season is almost every story we talk about is WWE-esque, right? Somebody's uh, somebody's upset. Um, a coach is upset at a player. A player's upset at a coach. Uh, an official missed a big call. Everybody is uh, everybody's mad at Adam Silver because of uh, of some sort of rule. WWE is incredible entertainment, and the NBA is similar. NBA and the NFL, I would say, are the two most WWE like events, and. It definitely was fascinating to sit and watch that after whatever it is, 25 years of not watching a WWE event and think about how our modern era of professional sports, it kind of overlaps with the way that we've created this WWE just massive entity. I don't know how many tens of millions of people were watching the WrestleMania event last night, but I guarantee you that it was one of the biggest events that will happen in sports this year. And, and it just, I mean, just a massive event. Anyway, it was cool to watch. And it got me thinking also about the fact that we've got tonight, obviously, the national championship game. National championship game between Gonzaga and North Carolina. And I watched both of the Final Four games. And again, I hope you guys followed our bets, including the Blood Bank Guarantee. Ridiculously, I am now on the year gambling, giving you free picks. I give you free picks every week at Outkick the Coverage, my website. We are, I believe the math is on this, 44 and 20, something like that. Lots of money. 62.5% winners. I picked every game so far in the NCAA tournament. Every first round game, every second round game, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. The only one that was a real disaster was the Elite Eight. We only went one and three in those. We backed it up with two and zero oh in the Final Four. I am on for this title game. I'm on UNC minus one and a half, and I'm on the under one fifty three and a half. So I'm giving you both those picks early. But it got me wondering who has more at stake here. Which of the head coaches has more at stake in this game? Easy answer is Mark Few. Because Gonzaga has yet to win a title. He's been coaching Gonzaga for 20 years. If you win a national championship, you kind of kick down the door and change expectations about your career forever. Because if you win multiple national championships, there's just relatively few coaches who have ever done it. There's hardly anybody that's going to win multiple national championships that puts you into a different category. Coach K has got five. Roy Williams has got two. Other than that, there aren't very many guys. Jim Calhoun won three, but he's obviously retired. There aren't very many guys you point to and say, man, that guy is a major national title. I mean, uh, a major national title winning coach. Jim Bayham's got one. John Calipari's got one. 
I believe I'm correct in this. Am I missing anybody? Obviously, Billy Donovan got two. I believe I'm correct in this, unless I'm missing somebody. I believe the only current coaches that are coaching in college basketball right now with multiple national championships are Roy Williams and Coach K. Am I correct in that, Danny G and Robert? Is there somebody out there that I'm missing in college basketball that has multiple national championships right now? No, nobody else comes to mind. And again, Billy Donovan had two, and one day he may come back and coach college basketball again. Obviously had an incredible run in 2006 and 2007, winning those multiple titles. Jim Calhoun finally won one back in 1999 and then went on and won two more. So he retired with three national championships. Brad Stevens went to -to back-to-back national title games, but he didn't actually win a national championship. Getting that second national championship makes a big deal, but Roy Williams has already got that. So, But getting three in nine years, three in nine years is a pretty incredible run. We talk a lot about how dominant Nick Saban is, and he's got five national titles in his last 12 years as a college football coach. Roy Williams would get his third in nine years and would forever cement himself, maybe, arguably, as the greatest North Carolina basketball coach of all time because he would leave behind, I believe I'm correct in this, Dean Smith only got two. Despite his legendary, unbelievable, sterling, extraordinary career, Dean Smith only won two national championships. So if Roy Williams wins three, boy, he set himself up potentially as the greatest North Carolina basketball coach of all time. Obviously, coming off last year's tough loss to Villanova, this would be a hell of a response. And if you look at what's going to happen in this Gonzaga game between Mark Few and Roy Williams with these big physical interior presences, this is going to be a war. It's going to be a war. North Carolina, this is an amazing stat. North Carolina gets the rebound on 42% of their missed shots this year. Think about that from an offensive perspective. 42% of the time that North Carolina shoots the basketball, they get it back and get another opportunity to shoot. That, that's one of the most remarkable stats I've seen in a long time. And obviously Gonzaga with the Twin Towers has got their own big physical presences inside. So I just see this game as being an absolute war. But I kind of am swinging back and forth on who this game means more to. My initial inclination was this is all Mark Few. This is all Mark Few if he wins this game because it puts him into the national title running. And once you're in that mix, you're there for a long time, forever. And it would obviously also be a big message because Gonzaga winning would be the second straight non-traditional football power to win a championship. Villanova doesn't really have a football team. Gonzaga doesn't really have a football team. It would send the message that the NCAA tournament is not getting dominated by big school U. That you don't have to have a major athletic program in terms of its overall size to win a championship. It's the revenge of the little guy. That would be a kind of a massive story as well. We're not even getting into what's still hanging out there. Everybody seems to have forgotten about the UNC academic situation and the NCAA investigation that's been going on there for years now. I just think there are so many interesting storylines surrounding this national title game. So many different aspects to dive into. But the number one question, I think, is Mark Few versus Roy Williams, who's got more at stake here? 
The initial answer is Mark Few because one championship means so much to him and to his university. But for Roy Williams to be passing Dean Smith and have three national titles in nine years would be pretty extraordinary. Danny G and Robert, who do you guys think has more at stake? Which head coach? Who has more to gain? Yeah, definitely few. Uh, It's been an amazing season for him. And just watching him after that W and it it all kind of soaked in and uh, winning the award. You're, You're right on with this one, Clay. Yeah, I think it's few, but I think you can also argue Roy Williams. I mean, I think it's a decent kind of uh, debate here. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We'll dive a little bit into the the drama. I said that the WWE was the most like the NBA, or the NBA was the most like the WWE. We'll drive in and play some of that audio uh, of the Tristan Thompson situation with LeBron James last night as the Cavs had to win in double overtime. I'm sticking to my argument. I'm sticking to my argument. We've got a game on, is it Wednesday night? I think the game is Wednesday night, or maybe it's Thursday, but I think it's Wednesday night. The Cavs go to Boston, and whoever wins that game, I believe, will win the Eastern Conference home court advantage, and I think it's going to be Boston. I don't think that the Cavs, I said this last week, I'm even more sure after watching that game against the Pacers, I don't think the Cavs are going to win the uh, to win the Eastern Conference. I may be the only person who's bold enough to say that, but I don't think the Cavs are going to win the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're going to be able to advance to even play the Warriors. I think it's going to be somebody else. And I think the Warriors are going to run roughshod over everybody in the NBA playoffs this year. I love what I'm seeing out of them down the stretch. Opening up the phone lines, Coach Few versus Coach Roy Williams. Who's got more at stake? 877-996-6369. That is the game tonight. Obviously, gambling pick is out. We're going to talk with... John Campbell of Odd Shark at some point, I believe, in this hour. If not this hour, then in next hour. Try to get you ready for that game as well. 877-996-6369. Also, if you watched WrestleMania, you can react to that. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I watched it for the first time since the 1980s. i got to say, it's a hell of an entertaining aspect of that event. My boys absolutely loved it. My nine and my six-year-old running all over the place. we got to let them stay up way too late to watch that because it went on for over five hours. When you put good work in, good comes out, like the AutoZone Rewards Program. Spend $20 five times, earn 20 bucks towards the next job. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm always in the zone. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage, 877-996-6369. This is Fox Sports Radio. Every time I hear this, I don't think about graduation. I think about the Macho Man Randy Savage. We're playing all wrestling return music. Danny G, the bumpers. I can give him a bunch, but this, I mean, that's a good test question for everybody out there listening. When you hear this, do you think graduation ceremony or do you think Macho Man Randy Savage walking in with Miss Elizabeth? You should have saw every single time. Clay, you should have saw Robert here in the LA studios walking around like he's Macho Man. Oh, Macho Man back in the day. We're also, in addition to the fact, and by the way, if you're wondering why we're playing wrestling music, WrestleMania was last night. If uh, if you were not watching, we let our boys stay up late. Pretty fantastic down in Orlando. They filled up the Citrus Bowl, 75,000 people. Gronk came out and uh, and made an appearance. 
as a uh, celebrity sports figure. Sports figures love wrestling, right? I mean, there's just this perpetual overlap. And by the way, let me clear something up. I am an idiot. I forgot that Rick Pitino also has multiple national championships, by the way. You can always reach out to me and hit me up on Twitter when I say things that evidence the fact that it's 5 a.m. here and forget a, t- forget a coach. Obviously, Rick Pitino won multiple national championships. Thanks to everybody who reached out uh, on Twitter. Rick Pitino won multiple national championships. at um, He won one at Kentucky back in, I believe it was 1996, and then he won recently, obviously, three, four years ago with uh, Louisville over Michigan in the final there. So Rick Pitino has got multiple national championships. But last night watching the WrestleMania event, it was awesome because we're also in the process of watching. My, my, my six-year-old is so obsessed with old-school wrestling that we now have the WWE Network. And by the way, this is kind of a fascinating uh, – I want to get into the WWE Network in and of itself because there's a lot of talk about what the leagues are going to do in the years ahead in terms of going direct, what they call over-the-top to customers. The WWE, and I don't know what it's costing us. I think it's like $10 a month. You get, for $10 a month, access to every wrestling match that's ever existed. So you can go in to the WWE Network and look up any match that's ever existed. So we're also in the process of going back through all the old WrestleManias, and we have watched up through WrestleMania four, which is just amazing to go back and watch because I vaguely remember a lot of these matches from when I was a young kid. But what is, uh, what is really, really cool about that is is to see kind of the extent and evolution of of wrestling itself. Some people out there are like, oh, it's fake. I don't know why you pay attention to wrestling. Like, everything on some level is fake, right? Like, uh, about television, with the exception of maybe, (laughs) maybe some of our sports, which we believe are 100% real. um, It's entertainment, and they do a fabulous job of building all the entertainment-related events that surround the matches and everything else. Last night, spoiler alert, John Cena proposes in the middle of the ring to Nikki Bella. Um, You have The Undertaker going out after being in whatever it is, 24, 25 different uh, WrestleManias over the years. Just an extraordinary event of American kind of entertainment culture that definitely overlaps with sports to a large extent. And again, I'm going to talk about the WWE Network because I think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, Let me take this call here, and then we're also going to play you some of this drama from LeBron last night, speaking of the WWE, the drama from the NBA, which is the most like wrestling. And then several of you also reached out on Twitter and said, don't forget NASCAR. NASCAR has also got many WWE elements associated with it, so I would agree. I would say baseball has less, and I would say that hockey probably has less too. But the NBA, the NFL, and NASCAR – all at times feel like the WWE. Let's go to uh, to Chris in Louisville. Chris, what's up? Hey, guys. First time, long time. Love the show. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder with the Rick Pitino comment, but then again, any show that has a Randy Savage Macho Man uh, <laughs> reference is, is all good by me. Uh, just a couple of other quick points. You might want to check out, I think, UK, Kentucky in 2003 when they had that massive, almost undefeated team had a percentage of the 40s for offensive rebounding on missed shots. Now, on to uh, Mark II. I think it has to be few just because they haven't done it. If if good old boy Roy wins, shucks, gosh darn it, the boys played great. It's just another national title. It's not going to affect them 
one way or the other recruiting, but I think it would be a huge boost to uh, Gonzaga to actually get a national title. I think it helps their recruiting, and it gives even more hope to the little guy being able to win in this great tournament that we have. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, I, I think your easy answer is is Mark Few, but the more I think about it, yeah, it's just so tough because it's so hard to get there if you're a team like Gonzaga. I mean, they've never been to the Final Four before. They get in. They beat South Carolina. What a run by Frank Martin and his team. A lot of America fell in love with Frank Martin as he kind of stepped onto the national stage and everybody realized what a good guy he was. It's just so hard to get to the title game if you're a team like Gonzaga. I feel like Roy Williams will be there again with North Carolina. I'm not sure that Gonzaga is there again. But then again, the the shadow of Dean Smith over the North Carolina basketball program, given how long he was there, the fact that Roy was an assistant for so long for Dean Smith, getting a third national title there to go over and above the two national titles that Dean Smith won. I don't know that your average North Carolina fan will ever say it because Dean Smith was there for so long. But when you look at their accomplishments, championships have to matter. And Roy Williams getting to three and probably still having what? I don't know how old is Roy Williams. I mean, he's probably still has seven or eight years at least to coach, assuming he wants to do it and coach at a high level. You have to feel pretty good about him getting at least one more in that time. That gets him to four, puts him in hailing distance of Coach K, who's got five. And I feel like Coach K probably is good for at least one more national title before all is said and done with his career. Man. I mean, Wooden, obviously, is almost a different era sitting out there with the number of national championships that he's won. But you look at what would happen with the state of North Carolina at that point in time. If if they win tonight, if Roy Williams wins tonight, then between he and Mike Krzyzewski, they will have won five of the last nine national championships. Pretty incredible. I mean, we know North Carolina and Duke is is maybe the best rivalry in all of basketball. There's arguments out there. Obviously, Kentucky and Louisville is a great rivalry in basketball. There are a lot of, let's be honest, great rivalries in basketball. But that one's up there and probably number one. And to have won five of the last nine would be a pretty incredible accomplishment in the state of North Carolina. There's no doubt about it. Roy's 66. Okay. So if Roy's 66, and I figured he was around his mid-60s, he's probably got eight years. I mean, if he wants to do it. Now, maybe... Maybe he decides if he wins a third national title. Maybe he decides to start kind of thinking about the end of his career. Maybe he's only going to coach five more years. Maybe this will be it for him. Maybe this is his last best opportunity to pass Dean Smith and get to three. Remember, for a long time, there's been a lot of talk when he went to North Carolina because he never won the national championship at Kansas that he couldn't quite get it done. And winning his third national championship, again, the guys who were out there of this era – you think about Izzo, you think about Bayheim, you think about Calipari and Self. All those guys just have one national championship. And I think Bill Self probably gets another one. You would have to think at some point in time that John Calipari would get another one. I don't think Bayheim does. Izzo, probably the best coach in college basketball. I would think he would probably get another championship if he keeps coaching. But we don't know that for sure. But again, Coach K's got five. Patino's got two. Roy Williams has got two. This would put Roy up there in the echelon of coaches all time. Very, very few guys have ever gotten to three. Almost never happens. Jim Calhoun got to three and retired. Billy Donovan has got two. Maybe one day he'll come back and coach college basketball again. This is a Pantheon game for Roy Williams. 
This is a long after your coaching career is done, people will look at the list of coaches who won three or more national championships, and it's a short list, and Roy Williams would be on there forever, and he would pass Dean Smith, which would arguably make him the greatest basketball coach of all time at North Carolina, one of the most storied, if not the most storied, basketball program in our nation. 877-996-6369. Still going to dive into this Tristan Thompson and LeBron James uh, controversy. We've got audio for you. We'll play that on the flip side. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Wild, I've got the move that really move I said chill up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy. I don't know who this is. Who is this? This is Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. All right. See, the Shawn Michaels, like, I remember him from the Rockers, I think, right? But then I disappeared from wrestling for a while. We're playing wrestling bumper music here. You know what we got to get? We got to get some, uh, we just had Macho Man. We got to get some, must be the money from the Million Dollar Man, old school. We need to go old school. We obviously got to go Hulk Hogan, uh, old school. John Cena, obviously, we got to get his music in here. Maybe we do the rest of the show. Oh, it's already been pre-planned, Clay. We got 12 segments of, of audio goodness coming up for you. All right. So if you're listening right now and you watched WrestleMania last night, and I know many of you did. Um, in fact, I need to put a poll question up and just see what percentage of the OutKick audience actually watched WrestleMania. Again, if you're just waking up, I watched it last night. I was up late last night because my uh, my kids are now all into it. So for the first time since the 1980s, we watched WrestleMania last night in this household. And so as a result, we're playing Wrestle, WrestleMania wrestling bump music coming in and out of the break. So you're, uh, you're in for a treat if you're a wrestling fan. If you're not, you'll have no idea what's going on. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today and i got so distracted by the macho man last segment that i fell behind on my ads so let me go ahead and knock out true car here so that i am protecting myself when i get blown away by the awesomeness of music uh, ahead with true car you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off msrp whether you're looking for a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience last night uh the Cavs, who continue to uh, to kind of fight their way through the end of the season, not playing very well, went to double overtime at home against the Pacers. And as part of that process, in double overtime, LeBron James and Tristan Thompson had a sideline confrontation, which was caught by the cameras, and it got a lot of attention. Here's what they had to say after the game about that. I think we're starting with LeBron. I got to do a better job of not you know, showing up my teammates out on the floor. You know, I, I had the right intentions in my mind, but I had the wrong intentions, you know, came out of my mouth. So I take full responsibility for that as leader of the team. So, you know, I could be a lot better than be able to keep that in, in-house, you know, in the locker room and when we watch a film. We're family. A little miscommunication in the huddle. Move forward. We're family. Got each other's back always. Was the frustration just from the coverage on George? Obviously, that was an extreme challenge. I'm not going to get into it. Like I said, there's miscommunication. It is what it is. Got the win on Orlando. This is uh, frustration building over, kind of boiling over here, over the Cavs' inability, it seems to me, to defend anybody. Even though they got the win in double overtime, I think the final score in this one was 135 to 131, something like that. 
And the Cavs can't defend anybody in the NBA right now. They're the worst defensive team in the league. And that's why, for all of you out there who are listening, like, oh, the NBA regular season doesn't matter. First of all, I'm with you. I agree that the NBA regular season is, by and large, a total joke, right? I feel the same way about the NBA regular season as I do about the Major League Baseball regular season. Major League Baseball started yesterday. On this show, we don't spend a ton of time talking about Major League Baseball day in and day out. Because, first of all, there aren't that many national teams people care about. And secondly, there's 162 games. So I hate baseball sports talk radio talk because some guy comes on and he's like, well, guess what? The, uh, the, the Braves have lost five in a row, and this is amazing. What's wrong with the Braves? And then you know what the Braves do? Back in the day, anyway, when they didn't suck, they win seven in a row. And then you're like, wow, the Braves have won seven in a row. And you look at the math and you're like, wow, they're seven and five in their last 12. You know what? At baseball, you're going to win 60 and you're going to lose 60. It's what you do with the other 42 that really matters. So unlike in the NFL, where every single Monday, or college football, where every single Monday when we come back from the season, what happened that weekend is a massive story. Because every NBA, every NFL game counts about 10 baseball games, right? I mean, just do the basic math on it. There's 16 NFL games. It's 162 baseball games. So every NFL game is worth... 10 baseball games well if every baseball game was worth 10 if they only played 16 baseball games we'd come on and talk baseball a lot we'd be like man this is a really big deal if you lose three in a row in major league baseball and you're only playing 16 it's a really big story as is doesn't matter so I understand the argument that the regular season is a total sham that nobody cares about the regular season that it's a joke here's where I would say this matters I do not believe that you can flip a switch and become a good defensive basketball team. I don't think it's possible. I think your statistics over the course of time, can you become a better team defensively? Yes. But you can't go from being the worst defensive team to a top 10 defensive team. I don't think you can do it just based on the playoffs starting. You're going to play harder. Everybody plays harder in the NBA once the playoffs started. Everybody takes their their game to a different level. That's undisputed. There's no doubt whatsoever that that happens. But right now, the Cavs are the worst defensive team in the NBA. And defense is so much about communication. And oftentimes, if a team is having trouble on the defensive side of the ball, what's really at issue is that they're not communicating well. They're not working in tandem as a cohesive whole. And that's what's going on with the Cavs right now. And so I I may be the only person saying it with a national radio show, The Cavs are not going to the finals. You're hearing me say it right now. If I'm wrong, I'll come on and say, you know what? I was wrong. I overvalued what I was seeing in the NBA regular season. I got snookered into this idea that the NBA regular season mattered, and I was wrong. I'll come right on the air, and I'll tell you that I was wrong. If come the beginning of June, the Cavs have run through the Eastern Conference, and they are there to play the Warriors, which I think the Warriors are certainly going to be there. I don't have any doubt about the Warriors. I will tell you, you know what? I was wrong. The Cavs were playing, uh, you know, they were they were sleepwalking through the regular season. They flipped a switch. They turned it on once it got to the postseason. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they are going to lose in Boston on Wednesday in a game that I believe will decide the Eastern Conference. That means the Cavs will be the two seed. I think they will struggle in both of their first two series, potentially losing in the second round, which would shock a lot of people. And then I think they will lose to the Celtics if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
Danny G and Robert, do you think I'm crazy for predicting that the Cavs will not be in the NBA Finals? You know what, Clay? We got into this a little bit last week when we uh, Danny and I both mentioned how we thought that them getting to the Finals seems like a shoe-in and, and winning the title is a totally different story. We're kind of, we're we're leaning a little bit more yours. So we're not ready to come all the way to your end, but we're we're meeting you halfway right now. Have you heard anybody? Am I the only person you've heard be will like on Fox Sports Radio? Am I the only person who's been willing to say the Cavs aren't going to be there? Yes, I haven't heard anybody else say that they won't make it out of the Eastern Conference. Not even close. Right now, the the Celtics are a half game up because they played a half game more. Uh, they're fifty and twenty seven. The Cavs are forty nine and twenty seven. Again, that game I believe is Wednesday. I'm pulling up the schedules right now to confirm that it's Wednesday. Uh, it is Wednesday night. Big game. Big game because the Cavs, uh, the Celtics only have five games left. And the Cavs have uh, six. But on Wednesday night at, in Boston, the Cavs have to go to the Celtics. And I think whoever wins that game will be the Eastern Conference champ. I think it matters. I think that game, you want to circle it. I think if you're the Cavs, it matters whether or not you have home court. And some people say, oh, that's crazy. It doesn't matter. You're, you're insane. I think it does matter. Because I don't think the Cavs are that much better than everybody else. I think having that extra game at home, especially for Boston, which is a relatively young team, I think that matters maybe more to Boston than it does to Cleveland. But I, I really do think that matters. We just saw the Bulls beat the Cavs in Chicago, right? I think that a second, uh, first-round matchup, right now we would have a Cleveland against the Chicago Bulls first-round series. I think Chicago wins two games in that series. I think Cleveland wins that series if it's two versus seven, and that's what we see. I think Cleveland wins that series, but again, I think it's a four to two series. And then the next round, in theory, Cleveland would have to play Toronto, right? I mean, that's a toss-up series. I really think that Cleveland against Toronto would be a toss-up series. It wouldn't shock me if the Cavs lost to Toronto in the in the, in the second round. And then third round, obviously, they would play Boston. I'm not willing to crown the Cavs. I know they're defending champs. I know they came back from a 3-1 deficit, which we've talked about ad infinitum on this show and every other show in America. I know LeBron finally brought a championship to Cleveland, but I'm not buying this team. I'm just, I'm selling them. I don't have a lot of faith in what this team is going to be able to pull off. I don't think they can flip a switch. I don't think they can take bad chemistry, which is evidenced by this LeBron James-Tristan Thompson feud on the sideline. They can't defend anybody. They're the worst in the NBA. I don't think you flip a switch and suddenly become a better defensive team. I think that's an example of something where the NBA regular season does matter. Can a team that defends in, you know, like the seventh or eighth place suddenly flip a switch and become an elite defensive team? Yes. I think that certainly that can happen. But I don't think, are you suddenly, and by the way, if you're giving up 135 points, and I know it was double overtime, but if you're giving up 135 points to the Pacers, are you suddenly going to come out, even if you made the NBA Finals, and shut down the Warriors, one of the most talented offensive teams in the history of the league? That's a bad matchup. Even if they get there, you're going up with one of the worst defensive teams in the history of the NBA to make the Finals against one of the best offensive teams in the history of the NBA. I don't think the Cavs are going to get there, but if they do, I think there's a good chance the Warriors sweep them. That's how much difference I think there is between the Warriors and the Cavs right now. I really do. We'll take your calls. We'll finish off this first hour. Hour two, we're going to talk about the uh, the upcoming title game tonight. 
We will discuss the gambling angle with my guy John Campbell from Odd Shark at the bottom of hour two. 877-996-6369. Usually leave Monday without really any guests otherwise because I want to give you guys a chance to respond and dial in and dive in to everything that happened over the weekend. I haven't mentioned it yet, but the women's basketball game, I actually watched the women play for the first time since Pat Summit retired. It was a great game between UConn and Mississippi State. I'll talk a little bit about that. Dak Prescott showed up there in his own jersey. Bold move. I'm Clay Travis, 877-996-6369. Dive in. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fun fact, The Undertaker's brother, Kane, is running for mayor of Knoxville. And if you're not hearing the music, by the way, because we don't get the music to play on podcast, right? People on podcast don't get to hear it. Well, actually, for, for specialty music, for specialty songs like this, we're okay on the podcast one time. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So you're lucky, podcast people, then. A lot of people, tens of thousands of people downloading the podcast, they don't get to hear Danny G's hits coming in and out of the break. So you'll get to hear the wrestling music in honor of WrestleMania. I think that certainly Vince McMahon would be honored that we're praising uh, by, his his product. By the way, in the L.A. studios, they're acting out all of these wrestling hits. They've <laughs> yes. been uh, dimming and strobing the lights in the studio here to this music. Credit, credit <laughs> to my wife who came up with this idea last night. She said, you got to bring in every every segment tomorrow. You should do wrestling music coming in and out of the break. I'm like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We're going to play this LPGA stuff for you. Maybe we'll do it at the top of hour two because I don't think we have a huge segment here, and I want to dive into that and get your thoughts on it. Um, this, this LPGA mess, speaking of the WWE, kind of factors in perfectly. But I just put up a poll question. And I want to go back over a couple of things that we've hit here in hour one. Obviously, tonight's game, big game. We'll be reacting to it tomorrow. Uh, North Carolina and Gonzaga have advanced to the uh, championship game. Uh, kind of putting into perspective where this win would take Roy Williams. Multiple championship coaches in college basketball. John Wooden, obviously, is never going to get caught, right? And it was arguably a completely different era. Ten championships with UCLA. All right, John Wooden is, I don't think, ever going to get caught. Maybe sometime in the history, somebody will be able to pull it off. I don't think anybody's ever going to be close. Coach K is next with five. Uh, Rupp at Kentucky has got four. Uh, So Rupp and Wooden, for most people who are listening to this right now, are like names that you hear that just echo throughout history that you have virtually no recollection of whatsoever. Coach K has got five. He is, uh, I think at some point in time, he's aging, but I think he'll probably get a sixth at some point in time, which would pretty much cement him right there with John Wooden as the two greatest basketball coaches of all time. Jim Calhoun has got three. That's one that most people will know in recent history. Bob Knight has got three. So if Roy Williams wins this title, 
Again, he's 66. I think he would have a good chance to get to four. That would make him potentially put him in the perspective to be one of the three or four greatest college basketball coaches of all time. That's how big of a win this would be for him. And then there are relatively few guys who ever won two. Denny Crum won two at Louisville. Billy Donovan, obviously, recently in 06 and 07 at Florida, won two. May come back and coach again one day and get his third. Henry Eba, I I, I don't know that guy at all. I'm going to be honest with you. If you had told me of all the people on this list who have won multiple basketball championships, Henry Eba sounds like an entirely made-up name. I have no recollection. I'm not sure that I've ever heard his name before. Do you guys have any clue where Henry Eba coached? No, his name sounds like he's an actor. Yeah, Doug Gottlieb would know, Oklahoma State. I didn't even know Oklahoma State had won two national championships. And then a guy, another guy that I've never heard of, Ed Jucker. Ed Jucker uh, won two at Cincinnati. Uh, These these names sound like they're not real. Uh, Branch McCracken, Branch McCracken, which sounds like an incredible name for the turn of the century. You actually made that one up. That's a real name. Indiana, he won two titles. And then these guys I think you'll know, Rick Pitino, Dean Smith, and Roy Williams. And then Phil Wolpert won two at San Francisco. That's all the coaches who have ever won multiple national championships. So winning multiple national championships is tough. Roy Williams would move into a tie for fourth place in the most national championships of all time. Okay, we come back. Going to dive into this LPGA story, how absurd it is, and talk about it as a WWE-esque event. We're going to play that for you if you haven't heard it. We'll also, in the bottom of the hour, dive into our national title game picks and give you more gambling picks. I am Clay Travis. This is Monday. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. We're off and running here on Outkick the Coverage with Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Lots of you reacting with pure anger and furious disdain on Twitter over my incorrect pronunciation of Henry Iba. A lot of Henry Iba fans out there, I guess. My buddy Chad Withrow texts me. He also coached the 1972 U.S. men's basketball team that was robbed by the Russians. So uh, I I honestly don't remember ever having heard the name Henry Iba before. But he won two national championships at Oklahoma State. Doug Gottlieb, if he were awake yet, he's out in the West Coast getting ready for the title game. He would be angry, very angry. The new national national host here from three to six that almost became the Oklahoma State basketball coach. Let me tell you, we're introducing new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, because what you need to, when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to step, stop even faster, get in the zone, auto zone. Uh, i got a couple of poll questions up for you. If you are on Twitter, you can dive in and vote on these. We started off the show asking the question, who has more at stake tonight? Roy Williams going for his third national title, which would pass Dean Smith, or Mark Few going for his first uh, early results in, a couple thousand of you voting. Mark Few and Gonzaga, 58% of you saying that he has more to gain in tonight's game than Roy Williams. The other question I asked, and I'm curious if you guys have uh, have seen this, and I didn't know. I mean, I have no idea who's actually a fan of this stuff. WrestleMania, every one of our bumper musics here coming in this uh, today is WrestleMania. Jason Martin, 
our pr- producer, is down at WrestleMania. He was there uh, last night in Orlando, 75,000 other people in the Citrus Bowl. Massive, unbelievable event. I said it's the first WrestleMania I've watched since the 1980s. My boys, my nine- and my six-year-old, have gotten into wrestling, and so they were ecstatic to watch last night. And I was curious, did you watch WrestleMania last night? Early votes, not a lot of support here. Now, I will say, WrestleMania went on so late last night, I don't think it ended till after midnight. So there probably are still a lot of people who watched WrestleMania sleeping. And also, I would venture to say that a lot of people who are WrestleMania fans, it's going to maybe be a little bit of a shot across the bow to WrestleMania fans, they may not be up going to work today. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not sure that your average wrestling fan has what we would call a traditional job. But did you watch WrestleMania last night? Uh, nearly 1,000 votes in. What do you think the percentages are, Danny G and Robert, of, of the OutKick audience right now, at least that's it's responding on Twitter? What percentage do you think watched WrestleMania last night? Uh, well, you kind of gave it away. It's not a high number, so I'm going to say 30%. I, th- I, I, I had no idea. Let me say this. before. That's why I put the poll question out. How many of my followers on Twitter and or listeners on the radio show were watching WrestleMania? But I'm stunned that it's this low. 21% yes so far. Damn. Now, I and mean, that kind of surprises you guys too, right? Wouldn't you have thought it was maybe a little bit higher? Like, I would think the sports talk radio audience would overlap with WrestleMania to a decent amount. And my audience is not necessarily a traditional sports talk radio audience. It's a, you know, internet audience based, I would say, more so than anything else. But I thought it would be higher than that. Now, I'm saying, again, the fact that it's so early in the morning, it's just after 7 o'clock on the East Coast, Maybe because that thing did not end after last night till after midnight. Maybe this is going to shift substantially as people wake up. But at least early on, did you watch WrestleMania last night? Only 21% of you are saying yes. Obviously, it's pay-per-view. I would think a lot of people are WWE subscribers in terms of having a, uh, having a connection to the network in that way. I mean, it cost $60 or whatever it did if you bought it on pay-per-view. Uh, but it was a, a really entertaining event. Again, I'm going to talk about the WWE Network a little bit more maybe later in this show because I do think it's the future, potentially, for many of these leagues that we all consume, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, uh, or or others. Major League Baseball obviously starting yesterday as well. Okay, um, I, I was kind of fascinated by this story when I saw it pop up on Twitter, but there was so much going on Sunday night I feel like it slid a little bit under the radar. Lexi Thompson was given a four-stroke penalty after a TV viewer uh, like saw a rule violation. She then lost in the playoff. And this, to me, I'm a golfer. And by I'm a golfer, I mean I'm an awful golfer. But this, to me, is an insane story that keeps happening. We've got the Masters happening this week, and it continues to be a story. Thompson led the tour's first major of the season – by two strokes after 54 holes, but a ruling on Sunday cost her four strokes. As she was putting on the 12th hole during the final round, Golf Channel commentators began talking about a rules infraction that had recently been brought to their attention, but it happened in the third round. In other words, it happened on Saturday, and we've already moved into Sunday's round. On the 17th hole on Saturday, video showed Thompson marking her ball before attempting a short putt. In the replay, Thompson's coin was not visible when she marked her ball. It was afterward when she placed the ball back on the green, meaning she had replaced the ball in the wrong place. Officials retroactively assessed Thompson with a two-stroke penalty for playing from the wrong place. 
plus an additional two strokes for signing an incorrect scorecard after the third round. That is crazy. Let's go to the audio we have about this story. The problem is it's going to be a four-stroke. Two for playing from a wrong place, and then two for an incorrect score on the 17th hole from the district. Is this a joke? No, it's not. It's not at all. I mean, it just came to us, and we need to inform you. Four strokes I heard. You can do it, Lexi. Whatever. That's just ridiculous. What I learned most? You know, I just, I learned a lot about myself and how much fight I do have in me. I don't know, every day is a learning process, and um, I wasn't expecting what happened today, but it is what it is, it happens, and I'll learn from it, and hopefully do better. All right, this is absurd. I mean, I, I just, here is the LPGA's official statement regarding the Lexi Thompson penalty, and props to her for handling this as well as she did. She found out on the 12th hole that she had been penalized four strokes, so she went from leading by two strokes on the Sunday to being behind by two strokes. First of all, I, I here here's my thesis on this in general. Bo- big, bright line thesis. I hate dumb rules, all right? If you listen to this show regularly, you know that one of the things I come off the top rope on all the time is I despise unnecessary rules, okay? I will give you an example. I watched the women's championship game, between, or the final four game between UConn and Mississippi State on, I guess it was Friday night. Friday night, I was up late watching that game. First women's basketball game I have watched in a long time. Late in that game, they went back and they reviewed the monitor and they assessed a flagrant foul against the Mississippi State women. That flagrant foul allowed UConn to shoot two free throws and have possession of the ball. And if you watch the end of that game, by the way, Dak Prescott showing up in his own jersey, a basketball jersey, number 15, unbelievable move by Dak Prescott there, Mississippi State uh, former, obviously, star player, now Dallas Cowboy quarterback. He was going crazy uh, in the crowd, as many people were, over this ruling because it was patently absurd. They went back and they looked at the monitor and they reassessed this LeBron James flop that this chick did. And they said, oh, this is a flagrant foul. We're going to give UConn two shots and possession. Now, UConn started that possession early and ended up giving the ball back to Mississippi State, which allowed Mississippi State to hit a a jumper to end the 114-game winning streak or whatever it was for UConn. I abhor that decision because I don't like going back and looking at a monitor and then deciding, oh, this was a flagrant foul. Well, you know what? It stinks if you missed it. But if you don't immediately review it right then and there, I don't think you should be able to go back and assess a penalty. Similarly, I do not agree with the LPGA statement here regarding Lexi Thompson. Here's their official statement. On Sunday afternoon, the LPGA received an email. They got a freaking email from a television viewer saying that Lexi Thompson did not properly replace her ball prior to putting on the 17th hole during Saturday's third round of the A&A Inspiration. The claim was quickly investigated by LPGA rules officials. After a full review, it was determined that Thompson breached Rule 20.7C, playing from the wrong place, and received a two-stroke penalty. She incurred an additional two-stroke penalty under Rule 66D, 
for returning an incorrect scorecard in round three. She was immediately notified of the breach by LPGA Rules Committee in between holes 12 and 13 of the final round. I love she was immediately notified. And by immediately notified, we mean nearly 24 hours later. Time is now, now. You can't see me. My time is now, now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now, now. You can't see me. My time is now. In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot. Knock your shell off. My money stacked fat, plus I can't turn the swell off. The franchise doing big business. I'm living this. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Is that the best tease I've ever given? Just dropping right there. Making everybody come running back. So then try to get me to do. Be better on your teases. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So I am still, I mean, I'm livid over this situation. The LPGA says, again, in their official statement, on Sunday afternoon, the LPGA received an email from a television viewer saying Lexi Thompson did not properly replace her ball prior to putting on the 17th hole during Saturday's third round of the ANA Inspiration. The claim was quickly investigated by LPGA rules officials. And by quickly investigated, they mean it took them until the next day when they said it was determined that Thompson breached Rule 20-7C, playing from a wrong place, and received a two-stroke penalty. She also incurred an additional two-stroke penalty under Rule 6-6D for returning an incorrect scorecard in Round 3. That means she was notified of the breach by LPGA Rules Committee in between holes 12 and 13. She went from having a two-stroke lead to losing by two strokes. She eventually came back, birdied two late holes, and went into a playoff where she lost. This is beyond absurd to me. First of all, how much of a loser do you have to be to be sitting at home watching this game watching this match, and decide to email the LPGA. Secondly, how about the fact that the LPGA has an email address for situations like this? Third, the only reason that this exists is because she was being followed. If you're a Masters fan, and I'm a huge fan of the Masters, the Masters on Thursday and Friday, we don't get to see every shot. We don't get to see every putt. That's because, by and large, there are way too many guys on the course to be able to follow every single shot. So only the people who are in positions of prominence are being followed like this. If they miss it on the course, you shouldn't be able to email in and say, oh, hey, wait, I saw something sitting on my recliner at home. It's a violation. How much of a stickler loser do you have to be? I am anti-rules that don't change the outcome. Right? If it happens, just like I was saying in the women's basketball game, If it happened in the women's basketball game and you thought a flagrant had existed, I don't agree with it, but call it right then. Don't go watch the video a minute later and suddenly assess a penalty, and certainly don't go watch a video a day later and assess a four-stroke penalty. Credit to Lexi Thompson for handling this as well as she did, but I think this would... Can you imagine if this happened in a men's major where there are... Millions of people watching. We almost thought it was going to happen in the U.S. Open right last year, didn't we? With Dustin Johnson, wasn't there some conflict? And we've seen it happen in the U.S. Open before when Dustin Johnson got the penalty for grounding his club in, uh, in the, I think it was the U.S., was it the U.S. Open? I think it was the U.S. Open. 
But at least that immediately happened. As much as I disagree with it, at least the official saw it on the course, and they immediately assessed the penalty as he walked off the green on 18. They didn't do it a day later. When Dustin Johnson grounded his club, and basically cost himself a championship, just about, I think, if I remember it correctly. But they at least caught it then. I don't necessarily agree with that penalty, because if you remember in that situation, Dustin Johnson didn't know he was playing from a, uh, he didn't know he was playing from the, the, the situation, he didn't know he was in a bunker. Yeah, he didn't know he was in the bunker, and so he grounded his club. And that was on him, it was not a smart move on his part, but at least he didn't know. And at least they caught it immediately thereafter. This situation is insane. The next day? And because of a viewer email? How about the fact that you can even email the LPGA this? I've got friends with 20,000 unopened emails. Are you kidding me on this? It reminds me, like when I first started writing online, I got an email one day from somebody who was angry about one of my columns and they had emailed the FBI because they said I was violating the law and they had tagged me, CC'd me on the FBI email. And I remember thinking, this is insane. First of all, the, e- the, the FBI has an email. Secondly, that, that I'm being turned into the FBI because of a column that I wrote. I didn't know what the column was about. It wasn't remotely like a violation of the law. It was years and years ago. It was when I was writing all the way back at CBS Sports. I'm like, I think if CBS Sports published it, it's probably not a federal violation. I think that the FBI is not going to be showing up at my door. It's just an idea. It wasn't even remote. But anyway, I just remember thinking blown away that the FBI had a public email address. Like, you could just email the FBI. And I can't believe that the LPGA, you can just email. And on top of that, I can't believe that they're checking their email. You could just email violations? And does the violation really matter in the grand scheme of things? See, I golf. Not well. But I'm a guy who doesn't want that many rules. I want a limited number of rules, but let's enforce them aggressively. I don't think that here, Lexi Thompson, again, I haven't seen the the actual headline. of. I, I, my guess is she didn't just steal like 20 feet on her putt, right? Less than an inch? Are you kidding me? Less than an inch? And this, this cost her four strokes? I mean, this is, the, this is what I'm talking about. This is an absurd rule. Like, you should, first of all, be able to get a little bit of leeway. An inch of a golf putt, like, I'm not, that. there's nothing, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here. I'm a golfer. There is literally nothing that you can do from a putting perspective within that little range, an inch difference, that is going to change whether or not you make a putt or not. There's nothing that can happen. Even a great golfer, one inch doesn't make a difference. And do you really think that that justified four strokes? And if it did justify the four strokes, then first of all, they should have caught her in that moment and said this is a two-stroke penalty so that she didn't re-sign her, her card, costing her two extra strokes. The rule should be that you can't come back in. And I don't know. Is there anybody who disagrees with me on this? The rule should be that you can't come back in a day later and reassess a penalty in the middle of a golf round. That should be the rule. If you don't catch it on that day, then it's over. And I really think golf is going to have to look at this situation. 
I don't think that you should be able to be sitting on your recliner and see some minor violation and email about it and have it actually be taken seriously. Because, again, it's unfair because you're being held to a different standard than everybody else who may not be on television. And, again, I'm big about intent. Was there an intent here? In the same way that I don't think there was an intent in the women's game, the national, uh, the semifinal between Mississippi State and UConn, there clearly was not an intent in the middle of the play for one girl to el- to elbow another girl. And when you go back and look at the video and you assess those free throw penalties, that shouldn't have been that shouldn't have been possible. There clearly was not an intent here for Lexi Thompson to cheat. I just I cannot believe that this is possible. Again, if you don't know this story. Sunday afternoon, the LPGA received an email from a television viewer saying that this golfer, Lexi Thompson, did not properly replace her ball prior to putting on the 17th hole. We're going to talk to uh, John Campbell at the bottom of the hour. 877-996-6369 is our phone number. You can dive in on this story if you want to hang for a little bit. We're going to talk about it again. I'm blown away by it. Danny G and Robert, is there any defense here at all of this loser who emailed in and also of the situation that he was complaining about? Absolutely not. Snitches get stitches. Cannot believe somebody is that big of an L to do that. Oh, beyond ridiculous. I think we all pretty much had the same feeling when we saw this story pop up that there's no way somebody snitched like that, right? I think a lot of people are just now hearing about it because because there's so much stuff going on, you know, on Sunday night. And and oh, let's be honest, the LPGA is not at the top of the list of of, of events that people are paying attention to. I, I I can't even imagine. Like, how long after this event could they have gone ahead and assessed a penalty? We got to track down the loser that sent in that email. I mean, think about how absurd that is to even make the decision to do it. I just I, I cannot even get my hands around it. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, it's just a simple mistake, an inch away from where her marker should have been. So it's not like she was even trying to cheat. Uh, it, it just blows my mind that this has happened in any way. Totally, totally absurd situation. Uh, we'll take your calls on this if you want to dive in. Now we're going to talk to John Campbell, try to get you some gambling tips for tonight's national title game between UNC and Gonzaga. We'll talk to him about that situation. Then I'm going to go to your calls in the final segment. So if you want to dive in, 877-996-6369 is the phone number. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Steve Austin's very first theme song, I'm told. WrestleMania theme song in honor of WrestleMania last night. All wrestling music coming back today. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And let me go ahead and do this one, too. 
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We are talking now with John Campbell from Odd Shark about tonight's national title game. By the way, Darren Ravel tweets $154,509. That's money lost by Lexi Thompson after a fan's calling in a penalty resulted in her losing the first major of the year. Wild uh, event there. John Campbell, can you remember ever having seen that happen before other than with Dustin Johnson back in 2010? I mean, that's a wild swing for gamblers, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely huge, and, and those are the two that, that stand out. And uh, I don't remember anything like it. I, I spent some time thinking last night, the last time I, we saw something so ridiculous kind of fix an outcome like that, and, and it just reeks, uh, it just stinks. It's, it's insane when you think about it, and, and if you saw it happen, it, it was crazy. Um, tonight's game, we asked the question earlier, who has more at stake, Roy Williams or Mark Few? Uh, what do you think about that? Who do you think has more at stake? I really think it's Roy Williams, and I think it's by a long shot. Uh, if he wins this, I think he cements himself as the best modern era coach. And uh, I, I think that's a lot more than, than what few has going. He's already had a huge success. He's already surpassed every expectation by bringing Gonzaga to a national championship. And, and uh, he's going to be remembered whether he wins or loses. I, I think Roy Williams has a lot more at stake here. Okay. That was the poll question. Most people disagree with you. They think Mark few, because <laughs> if he wins the championship, then he's actually going to be entering the pantheon of all time winning national championship coaches of which it isn't that deep of a list. What, what is the odds market telling us is happening here? We're talking to John Campbell from odd shark. Uh, you can check out odd shark for a breakdown of this game, but what are, what, what's early betting telling us and what kind of plays do you think are smart? Well, Gonzaga opened as a two-point underdog, and uh, the, the early money's on them, and uh, UNC's now a 1.5 favorite. The total's at 154, and this surprised me a little bit. I thought most of the money would come in on North Carolina early, and I thought uh, books would be happy to go against the public there and take Gonzaga, but a little bit of a surprise that the early money's on, on Gonzaga. I think they've been a, a bit of a darling to bet on in, in recent years, and, and that might be it. But a uh, really good team. I think they're the two best teams, and I really think this line should have been a lot closer to a pick. What about over-under? Uh, 153.5 was the most recent number I saw there. That's kind of high. We had a crazy ending to the over-under for a lot of people who may have bet on that game in the UNC-Oregon game where he had four straight missed free throws, any one of which would have hit the over. Instead, a lot of people pushed. What do you see in the over-under for this game? I really like the under. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I like the under 154. I think it's going to be a tough defensive battle. Gonzaga, number seven scoring defense in the nation. And North Carolina can play timely defense. I know they don't have the best defense, but but they seem to be able to turn it up when they have to defensively. The one thing that scares me about about this total is I think this game might go to overtime, and overtime is paying eight to one. So that's a nice little prop, and that's always a little bit scary when you're going under if a game does go to overtime. Okay, let me get you a little bit now. Anything else we need to know? Are there any prop bets or anything that you would say sticks out for people who may be coming in for this game that, that, that are not that interested in the game itself but want to play and have some kind of rooting interest? Well, that's the one. We've only seen one overtime game in, in the tournament, and 8-1 and to one is a fantastic payout. I think it's going to be a real tight game. I think that would be a fun one to root for. Okay, uh, the Masters is this week. While I've got you on, uh, Dustin Johnson is the favorite. What do you see in the Masters? How much betting – 
will you actually get now? I've heard that golf and the majors and everything else has really been surging in the amount of interest from a gambling perspective. Who knows? Maybe it's not just Phil Mickelson betting on this. What do you think is going <laughs> to? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in terms of the handle and who do you like out there? Or what kind of numbers are we seeing? I, I wouldn't be surprised if this Masters gets the most handle ever, and uh, that's saying a lot for the Tiger Woods days. Uh, but, but golf has gotten more and more popular with the big four and their favorite here, DJ 6-1. to one. Normally I wouldn't say that's great value for uh, a favorite, but the way that DJ is playing right now, I think 6-1, to one, you, you kind of have to start your betting there. Uh, day of the big four is, is he's got the longest odds at 16 to one. And a couple others I like Oosthuizen 50 to one. If you're looking for a long shot, he's been playing really good golf. He's a major champion and, and he's played well at the masters here. So 50 to one, that, that's a, a bit of a longer shot. I really like Adam Scott as well. 30 to one. Those are a couple to look at. How would you suggest that people play it? Do you go ahead and take multiple guys to start? I mean, for people who haven't gambled on the Masters before or on golf, and they, they kind of understand, okay, I can take UNC, I can take Gonzaga, but you haven't necessarily bet on golf. How would you suggest people bet on golf? Would you take three or four different golfers to start with? Every day there are new numbers that come out. What would kind of give people a tip there in terms of how, how to play it? Exactly. I, I like to take uh, the guy I think is going to win it, which is usually among the favorites. And then I like to take a few other long shots. So Ustazen and Scott would be a couple that I'll be on there. And then uh, golf betting has come so far where the odds change on a day-to-day basis. So you really want to watch them. And what you're hoping for is Ustazen or Scott are, are in the top five and they're just near the lead in going into day four, and that gives you some incredible hedging options. If, if you have, say, you stayed in that at 50 to 1, that gives you some great hedging options going into the fourth round. And you can even bet in-game. So uh, you, you really want to take a few, and it gives you some great options as the tournament goes on. We're talking to John Campbell. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. You can check out his work at oddshark.com. While I've got you, too, the NBA is coming down the final stretch of its season. We've got five games, six games left on the regular season. The Cavs now are a half game back from the Celtics. Does it matter from an oddsmaker perspective whether the Cavs win the Eastern Conference? Is it a big deal whether they have home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference? Or is that something that maybe your average fan over-exaggerates that the difference between say, a seven-game series, game seven being at home or on the road, is not as substantial because the odds of it happening are not necessarily that high. What kind of play would it make for the Celtics or the Cavs here, depending on who ends up with home, home court advantage in the Eastern Conference? It, it wouldn't make too much, and, and it's really the market that decides that. Uh, people are going to come in and, and take the Cavs nowhere, no matter where they finish. Uh, something crazy could happen here, and they don't uh, – they don't win the East, but betters are still going to throw their money at the Cavs to win the East and to win uh, to win it all. So that's really what will dictate it there. But the biggest thing, the Cavs cannot play defense right now. They are just looking absolutely awful. So I think it's a great spot for betters where we might see some great underdog value in the East here, and uh, and there could be some good payouts. What about the Warriors? Are they locking in their favorite status here now? They're coming down the stretch. They're on an absolute roll. They basically have – it would take a total collapse at this point for them not to win the Western Conference. They're up three and a half with six games to go. I mean, they have got the home court advantage basically locked in. What are you seeing in terms of the cat? in terms of the Warriors? Are they becoming even more prohibitive favorite than they were before? 
Yeah, pretty much, pretty much every day, and uh, I think we saw the best odds we were going to get on them. If, if you were going to, if you were going to gobble them up to uh, to win it, they were they were uh, down to minus one twenty five, which is the the best we've seen them all year, and they're really in great shape. It's they, they learned how to play defense, and uh, and KD will be coming back, and, and he'll be rested and healthy. So every day they're they're just going to become bigger favorites. I think. Outstanding stuff as always, John Campbell. So as we let you out here, Gonzaga and uh, UNC. I'm on UNC minus one and a half, and I like the under one fifty three and a half. What do you like? I like Gonzaga. I'm going. I'm going the other way, and I'm going to try to middle this one in game. So I'll take them plus one and a half here, and try to middle in game. I really believe defense wins championships, and, and they've got the better defense. Timely three point shooting as well, uh, but I think it's going to be an awesome game. Outstanding stuff as always, John Campbell. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Clay. You too. That was John Campbell at Odd Shark. Go check out Odd Shark, like I said, for your gambling and informational related needs. That's where he writes. I'm gambling, and uh, we will take calls. 877-996-6369. I believe we have some people who want to talk about this Lexi Thompson absurdity. Yes, big feminist that I am. I am railing on the LPGA. Also been going after women's basketball. Watched a women's basketball game for the first time since Pat Summit retired, and I saw one of the worst refereeing calls I've ever seen. But luckily, it didn't impact the overall outcome of the game. 877-996-6369. We'll take your calls. First time we've really opened up the phone lines. Final segment of Hour 2. Final hour coming. Let's have some fun. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Brother. I am a real American. Brother. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Paul Hogan bringing us back. That was before he bankrupted Gawker and got $140 million. They settled for less than that. It's his biggest win of all time. Even bigger than when he body slammed. Spoiler Brother. alert. Andre the Giant. Brother. Oh, man. Uh, WrestleMania was last night, if you're wondering why we're playing this music. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And let me go ahead and knock out this as well. Introducing new Duralast GT brake pads. Proven tough from the tracks to the streets because when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to stop even faster. Get in the zone, auto zone. I am in the zone uh, here with you guys, Clay Travis. We're talking about a variety of different subjects. Obviously, we just talked to John Campbell about tonight's national title game between Gonzaga and North Carolina. A couple of poll questions that we've got up for the day. I'll update you on those results so far. What uh, I, it, Last night I asked, is there anything more romantic than getting engaged in the ring at WrestleMania? John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella in the ring. Spoiler alert, in case you got the WrestleMania on your DVR. 63% of you said no. There's nothing more romantic. Uh, but by the way, who has more at stake tonight? Roy Williams going for his third national title, passing Dean Smith forever, or Mark Few going for his first? So far, Mark Few winning with 57% of the votes. The other question, this one kind of surprises me. Did you watch WrestleMania last night? I have no idea. I watched because my nine and my six-year-old boys have become huge WrestleMania fans. So we watched that late last night. Um, did you watch WrestleMania? 81% of you saying no. Now, that's on Twitter. And like I said, a lot of people who watch WrestleMania probably still in bed as it comes up on 8 o'clock Eastern uh, time. 
well, obviously even earlier than that, on the West Coast. But it was such a late night that a lot of people probably who stayed up for that still not up. But I think the most outrageous thing that happened all weekend was this LPGA decision based on a viewer email. And again, who was the viewer who emailed? I think that's a fascinating question. Was it somebody rooting against Lexi Thompson? I just, I can't imagine that your average person who's watching the LPGA is such a huge fan of the rules that this one-inch move of the ball that she did on Thursday, or sorry, on Saturday, the day before, would actually motivate you to email in that she had committed a violation. Ended up costing her four strokes. I wonder if there was a gambling component to it. I wonder if it was somebody who was a fan of another golfer that was trying to make that happen. The fact that it exists and that in any way it can impact the overall outcome of the of the tournament is to me insane. Let's go to Alan in Indiana. Alan, what's up? Quiet. I got three bullet points for you, and I'll be real quick. Yep. On the Lexi deal was the last two-stroke penalty because her scorecard was wrong? Yes. If she got a foot. So, let me, for people out there who don't know, she got a four-stroke penalty, two strokes for the violation in terms of moving the ball and putting her ball back down at the wrong place, and then two play two strokes for signing an incorrect scorecard. Okay, on the incorrect scorecard, wouldn't she have had to have a crystal ball when she signed it to know that the next day she was going to get a two-stroke penalty? Yeah, and the question I have is how retroactive could you be? In other words, if somebody notices this uh, violation and emails in after they've already awarded the trophy, is that too late? I mean, it took them a day, and you're right. There's no way that she could have known at the time that she was signing the scorecard that she had done anything wrong. And again, she moved her ball an inch different when she ball marked it and then replaced the ball. There was a one-inch difference between where she placed it, like – a part of me thinks that you should have like a zone of acceptable placement, right? Like, and, and if you mark your ball, and I play golf, and every now and then it's even rare that I mark my ball. I just like most people who play golf. If you're playing golf and you don't have a ball mark, you just like look and roughly decide where your ball is, right? This isn't uncommon. Most people are not going to suddenly end up ten feet closer to the hole. You look and say, okay, I'm right beside that little brown spot on the green. And then you pick your ball up while somebody else putts, and then you put it back down if you don't have a ball mark. Or, even more ridiculously, when you move your ball mark to allow somebody else to putt, it's not like this This is almost more art than it is science, right? I mean, we, we, we rely on basic decency here when it comes to placing the ball, and I, I just think it's an absurd thing to, get a, to, to notice to begin with and then to, to actually penalize on is even more absurd. And my, my second bullet is, with these retroactive things of what happened in the golf and then what happened in the women's uh, NCAA semifinals, why couldn't they go back in the Northwestern game in the men's NCAA and correct the fact that the guy had his hand up through the net? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. The the reviews, I don't think, allow for that to happen. But it should be, right? I mean, it should be when it's blatant like that. They should be able to go back and look at that and say, okay, this was a goaltending. We should have gone ahead and counted the basket on that shot. I agree with you completely. If I emailed in, would they have went back and done it? (laughs) Maybe so. I mean, the fact that you can email the LPGA and that they read their emails is, to me, amazing. This is an example of why you shouldn't check your email, by the way. Last bullet. You mentioned watching the uh, women's games. But I was very surprised, Clay. I went in while the women's championship was on to Fox.com, and I could find no mention 
of anything about the women's NCAA championship game. On FoxSports.com? Right. Yeah, well, I I appreciate the call. I I don't run FoxSports.com. So that's my response on that. I mean, I... The, uh, the the day and age, I think, of uh, of us being on top of things like that is probably past, to be honest, uh, in terms of the website. I run OutKick, and I don't you know do score updates and stuff like that. What I try to do is make you money on gambling. I try to make you money on uh, – and, and try to make you money and entertain you. That's what I do with OutKick every day. So if you want to be entertained, you want to make some money, I got my gambling picks up on OutKick. That's what I do. Uh, in terms of the day-to-day update on the sports, that's interesting. I've heard people have emailed every now and then uh, things like, oh, I went to go look for information about this and that, and I couldn't find it on the website. I I, I don't have a good answer for you there. Again, I don't run the overall website uh, at foxsports.com. They try to be on top of things, especially when it's a Fox-related event. Other times, uh, they may not be as on top of it as you would would hope. And uh, obviously, when you're a big feminist like I am, and you watched the uh, women's uh, Final Four and then obviously reacting to the to the LPGA. I think it's one of the most absurd stories out there. Final hour of the show, we're going to dive back into the Gonzaga versus UNC game, the overall impact of that one. We'll talk about the Real Housewives of the NBA, LeBron James and crew continuing to interact in a way that makes them seem like they should be on Bravo. And we'll probably continue to tee off on the LPGA. Lots to get to here on OutKick. As we roll into Hour 3, hope your Monday is going spectacularly here. Outkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Final hour of the show, and it's a big night. Big night tonight because Gonzaga and Mark Few goes for their first ever national championship against UNC in North Carolina. Roy Williams looking for his third national championship. It would put him forever above Dean Smith and put him into a collection of pretty impressive head coaches. Multiple championship winning head coaches. John Wooden obviously has 10 at UCLA. Coach K at Duke has five. Adolph are up with four. And then, if he could win tonight, Roy Williams would join these two guys, Jim Calhoun and Bob Knight, to move into fourth place all-time for most national championship wins. Pretty impressive collection of talent that Roy Williams could join. On the flip side, for Gonzaga and Mark Few, this would be a massive win. A massive win because it would forever cement that a school such as Gonzaga could win the national championship, would be the first national championship won by a quote-unquote non-major power, probably since San Francisco, a long, long time ago, won a national championship. And it would be the second straight year that a non-traditional football power would win a national championship. Last year, Villanova, remember there were a lot of people who said when realignment happened, and the Big East became effectively a basketball conference only. The Big East used to be pretty decent in football. Miami, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. Lots of really good football programs in there. Pitt that won a decent amount of championships over the years. Then the ACC expands. The SEC expands. The Big Ten expands. The Pac-12 expands. And we end up with this new world dynamic where college football dominates the worlds of college athletics and there were a lot of people who asked the question could the Villanovas of the world still end up winning championships well last year Jay Wright wins one if this year Gonzaga and Mark Few win one be back-to-back years 
would continue to validate the decision of a guy like Greg Marshall who says, you know what, I'm happy at Wichita State. I don't need to leave here. Brad Stevens obviously took Butler to -to back-to-back national title games, but this would be a big-time win for Gonzaga. Never had been to the Final Four before. Kick the door in, get to the Final Four. Nice win over South Carolina and Frank Martin. Incredible run by the Gamecocks, but Gonzaga was the better team for most of that game, despite the fact that the Gamecocks came surging back from a 16-point second-half deficit. You look at this game and say, boy, Roy Williams, if he wins and gets to three national titles, he's forever cemented himself as one of the best coaches in the history of college basketball. And he gives himself a shot to get to four which would put him right behind Mike Krzyzewski. Because I think at 66 years old, Roy Williams has a pretty good shot to win one more. If he loses, ah, he's already got two. But back-to-back losses in the national title game would be kind of difficult, especially because UNC would have been small favorites in both those games. That would be a difficult thing, I think, for Tar Heel fans to hold on to. But beating Dean Smith forever, being the greatest coach in the history of North Carolina, for a guy who was a 10-year assistant coach under Dean Smith, I think that would be a pretty big deal. Poll question is up. Who would it be a bigger deal for? Again, you can go find me on Twitter at Clay Travis if you're interested in doing such a thing. And uh, most of you are believing that Mark Few is the answer. Several thousand of you since the show started. Who has more at stake tonight? Roy Williams going for his third national title, passing Dean Smith, or Mark Few going for his first? 57% of you say Mark Few has more at stake. Winning that first national title is more important in your mind than winning that third. I can see it both ways. I probably am a little bit slanted towards Mark Few because I think what it would mean for Gonzaga and for his legacy is more substantial than what it would mean for Roy Williams. Now, I can see the Roy Williams argument just because he passes Dean Smith forever and because, again, he moves into a pantheon of pretty impressive coaches. Bob Knight, Jim Calhoun, Adolph Rupp, Mike Krzyzewski, and John Wooden. He would be one of the six greatest college basketball coaches of all time if you're judging based on championships. That's pretty difficult to overcome. We'll have that forever. Be talking about Roy Williams for many decades to come. Um, the other stories that are out there. The Real Housewives of the NBA, drama continues with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think the Cavs are going to win the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to lose. If they don't get home court advantage, it would not shock me if they lost even in the second round, potentially to the Raptors. I think that could happen. I really do. I think that they will lose two games Right now, the Cavs would be the number two overall seed. They would play the Chicago Bulls in the first round. I think the Cavs will lose two games to the Bulls. I think they'll win that series 4-2, to two, and then I think they'll be in a dogfight against both the Raptors and the Celtics. I don't think they're going to win the Eastern Conference. I don't think it matters, because I think even if they get to the finals right now, the way the Warriors are playing, I think the Warriors will sweep them or beat them in five games. I don't think it's going to be a competitive NBA Finals. I said this uh, last week. I think potentially... The four or five best teams in the NBA this year are all in the Western Conference. I don't think there's any doubt the three best are. The Warriors, the Spurs, and the Rockets are the three best teams in the NBA this year. I think you can make an argument that the Jazz and the Clippers are the fourth and fifth best teams in the NBA this year before we get to anybody from the Eastern Conference. But LeBron's now feuding. They can't defend anybody. It's a huge mess. Tristan Thompson and he are are feuding the, the sideline antics. The, the Cavs are not going to turn their defense into an extraordinary defense in the next six games. And they're not suddenly going to be able to flip a switch in the regular season and become studs 
when it comes to defending the ball, especially not if they were to ever make it to the NBA Finals, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're suddenly going to go from being the worst defensive team in the NBA, 30th place on defensive efficiency, to being able to defend one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the history of the NBA. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening against the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to be your champs. And the more curious thing for the Warriors is, how do they use Kevin Durant as he comes back from his injury? Do they not want to mess with chemistry and just use Durant coming off the bench? Can you imagine that? The best sub in the history of basketball? Kevin Durant coming in as the sixth man for the Warriors? If his ego would allow it, and he's just saying, man, we're playing so well, why even worry with this five-man offense right now? What if I just come on off the bench? Can you imagine that? Danny G and Robert, can you imagine if Durant comes in as a sub on this Warriors team? Better yet, can you imagine Durant coming in and then kicking Draymond in the stomach, hitting him with the Stone Cold Stunner like a WWE style? (laughs) You guys are making fun of my fact that I watch the WWE. (laughs) I love the fact that Jason Martin used his vacation. You wonder how Jason Martin is a single 37-year-old man. It's because he used his vacation to go watch WrestleMania in person. Yeah, and, and according to his pictures, he sat way up in the nosebleeds to do it too. He had really bad seats, really bad seats. It's funny, like we started the uh, yeah, and and it, it that's that is crazy too that he was way up. He was in the upper deck at the uh, at the at there's seventy five thousand people there last night in Orlando watching WrestleMania, and Jason Martin was all the way in the upper deck. We should just call him and wake him up. The real question is, does he have a specialty blog that he's writing and with twenty eight followers for WrestleMania? Oh, he's definitely writing about WrestleMania. There's no doubt. Um, and there's a huge audience, uh, not as many as I thought in the OutKick audience. Uh, I asked if you watched WrestleMania last night. Maybe some of those people are still sleeping. Uh, but my kids have gotten into it. And I, I want to dive into this. Um, the re- there's a lot of questions out there about what the next generation of sports is going to look like. And your average kid does not watch sports like you or I did growing up. If you've got kids, they're probably a lot like my kids Um, it's amazing to me. My kids would like to sit on YouTube and they enjoy watching two things that I think are crazy. And I know every generation thinks the next generation is crazy. There's always stuff that you're into that your parents don't get at all. And probably for my generation, it was video games. Video games kind of came out of nowhere and suddenly everybody's sitting around playing video games all the time. Parents are saying, why aren't you outside playing like all the other normal kids when I was growing up? And I think we turned out fine. Video games. And so video games don't surprise us that our kids would like video games. My kids love Minecraft. Uh, they, they would sit around and, and play Minecraft all day, and most of the other boys their age are the same way. And that guy who founded Minecraft built like a billion-dollar house out in L.A. Have you guys, Danny G. and Robert, seen that Minecraft mansion the guy bought? It's, I think it was the most expensive house that's ever been bought in L.A. It was like $100 million. I'm not kidding about it. The guy who founded Minecraft. I'd like to go visit that house someday. And so he's made tons of money. So video games is not really going to surprise us because my generation like video games too. But the things that they like that blow me away are the videos of people playing video games. They will sit on their – they have iPads. They will get on their iPad and jump around on YouTube and watch video games of other people playing games. And they love to watch people open presents and play with toys. It's, it's something that I've never seen before. Like on YouTube, they love going around on YouTube, clicking from one YouTube to the next. And they love, even more than getting presents themselves, it seems like they like watching kids open up presents. And I'm using that as a jumping off point because their media, their media habits have changed too. My kids now, even my two-year-old, they don't accept the fact that commercials should ever exist. 
right? They anticipate, and I tell, I've told this story on the air before, but we were in a hotel room out in L.A. when I was doing uh, television one, one weekend with Fox, and I had them on, and sitting on the bed, my two oldest watching TV, and they said, Dad, Dad, you got to get in here, and I was working on my laptop doing, uh, doing some writing for OutKick, and I came running in, and, I, and they were like, what's going on? I said, what's the matter? So what's on television right now? And I thought, uh-oh, they got on SpectreVision or something else, like they got the remote in their hand. It's a television commercial. They are so used to on-demand that they believe every show that's ever existed, they should be able to watch without a single television commercial. They don't even recognize television commercials. And so last night we're watching WrestleMania because they've become huge wrestling fans as well. We're watching WrestleMania, and we're watching it on the WWE Network, which costs like $9.99 a month. And it's entirely over the top, by which I mean you're watching it, streaming it through their distribution system. And you pay $10 a month or whatever it is. And it's a lot like Netflix, for those of you out there who have Netflix. I mean, it's a streaming service. And this is what I wonder whether sports in the future is going to be like. Right now, you want to watch a sporting event, you put on ESPN or you put on FS1 or Fox Sports or CBS or NBC, and you sit through that sporting event, and by and large, a big portion of the sporting event is filled with commercials. In the future, are kids going to sit through commercials? Or are the leagues going to go direct to you? And you're going to pay whatever it is a month for the NFL and whatever it is a month for the NBA. And if so, then the WWE is basically the future. Whether you watch wrestling or not, it's a pretty fascinating business model that they have gotten one and a half million people who were the hardest core of wrestling fans to sign up. And what's cool about the WWE Network is you can go back and watch any match. It has an amazing archives. And so instead of having to sit around and search for something on YouTube and it's a grainy video or whatever it is, you get the original WrestleMania 4. You want to watch Jake the Snake Roberts fight, I don't know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat back in 1984? You just search for it, and you can see every match they ever had. And it made me wonder, like, one day will the NFL just have its own app? And if you're sitting around, you're like, man, you know what I remember? I remember when, you know, Randall Cunningham had an incredible game for the Minnesota Vikings. Back in that season when Gary Anderson, apologies to people listening in Minnesota, back in that season when Gary Anderson only missed one field goal and it was the field goal that would have put us into the Super Bowl. Back when Randy Moss, I think, was a, was a rookie and they just took over the entire NFL. And I want to watch that game. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I want to watch that game and I want to fast forward all the way through to the end. Or maybe you're thinking about the Super Bowl and you're a St. Louis Rams fan and you're saying, man, I can't believe the Rams moved. I want to go back to the Super Bowl that we won. Apology to Titans fans. And I want to see that game. I want to see what Kurt Warner did. I want to see the pass that he hit to Isaac Bruce, I believe it was, that blew open that game. I want to see the tackle we made that stopped the Titans one yard from sending this game into overtime. All those things. I think it probably is the future. All right, I'm going to dive into this, continue to talk about the LPGA. If you haven't heard about this LPGA controversy, it is absurd, and it's a big issue that golf needs to address. And I'll take your phone calls, 877-996-6369. Mondays, we pretty much schedule no guests because I want you guys to be able to react to whatever happened over the weekend. So take your opportunity to dive in, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio.
wrestling music today on the breaks. Danny G putting it together. That's Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Rest in peace, Rowdy Rowdy Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Back in the day, Piper's Pit was the it. I did not curse. I was close to cursing, but I did the backside there. No need to drop it. I'm a pro. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, let's see if I can make it through here. Here's a question. Do you like Major League Baseball? Of course you do. Well, then you need T-Mobile because they're giving away a free year of MLB.tv premium. That's $112.99 value. Absolutely free, only for T-Mobile customers. And, oh, yeah, here's the best part. With T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. Here's how you get it. First, get T-Mobile, obviously. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. Third, and this is important, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB.tv premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Remember, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB.tv premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app or go to T-Mobile.com backslash MLB. Top 3% of data users that's greater than 30 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds, activate HD feature. Otherwise, video typically streams at 480p, web-enabled mobile device, and qualifying service required. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Blackouts and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. All right, I want to dive back into this Lexi Thompson story. If you're not familiar with it, it's one that I think is, uh, is, is pretty fascinating. And Lexi Thompson lost the match over a four-stroke penalty as she was walking off the 12th green yesterday. During the fourth round of the ANA Inspiration, the penalty was emailed in by a viewer who noticed that she had moved. And, and the, the picture I'm looking at right now is is simply unbelievable. That someone would notice that she moved maybe her ball about an inch different than where she ball marked it. And uh, the LPGA is saying, look, there's no element here of cheating. There's no suggestion whatsoever that cheating had taken place. The fact that somebody could notice this difference is pretty unbelievable. And again, it came in from an email. This was the LPGA's official statement. On Sunday afternoon, the LPGA received an email from a television viewer saying Lexi Thompson did not properly replace her ball prior to putting out on the 17th hole during Saturday's third round of the ANA Inspiration. Claim was quickly investigated by LPGA rules officials. After a full review, it was determined that Thompson breached Rule 20-7C, playing from the wrong place, and received a two-stroke penalty, and she got an additional two-stroke penalty for returning an incorrect scorecard in round three. She was immediately notified, and she was notified on the course. And this is flat-out unbelievable. And uh, again, she was notified in between holes 12 and 13. She went from a two-stroke lead to a two-stroke deficit, and people teed off in a hurry. Tiger Woods said, and I quote on Twitter, viewers at home should not be officials wearing stripes. Let's go Lexi win this thing anyway. She did not win this thing anyway. She lost in the uh, in the additional uh, playoff rounds. She got into the playoff and then lost there. Tons of different people uh, reacting. I, uh, I'm diving through all these different situations. Natalie Golbus asking a question that a lot of people have. Who's watching what is happening? Can't believe this. A viewer calls in a rule a day later or ever, not right. And in fact, in, in reality, it was an email, an email from someone. Smiley Kaufman says, unbelievable, such a shame for Lexi. The guy eating Cheetos at home 
shouldn't have a say in the outcome. I agree completely with him. Here was the audio, by the way, from Lexi Thompson as she finds out on the course that she's being penalized four strokes and then her reaction. The problem is it's going to be four strokes. Two for playing from a wrong place and then two for an incorrect score on the 17th hole from the street. Is this a joke? No, it's not. Actually, not at all. Oh my God! After, after the round, I mean, it just came to us, and we need to inform you. Four I heard. You can do it, Lexi. Whatever. That's just ridiculous. That's Lexi Thompson on the course finding out that she'd been hit with a four-stroke penalty. She said, is this a joke? Because she's probably still thinking it's a late April Fool's joke, uh, which is valid for her to be thinking, to be honest. Um, And then, uh, again, I want to open up phone lines to get what you guys think about this. It's been a major, major story. But a lot of you, I bet, are just hearing about it this morning because it's kind of just echoing through the the sports universe, 877-996-6369. Because let's be honest, most of you are not paying attention on a day-to-day basis for what's going on on the LPGA. But again, I think it's a crazy story. And it could impact the Masters coming up this weekend where we seem to get these kind of statements all the time. This was an email tip from a viewer who says that she didn't replace the ball mark correctly. Um, and uh, I would love to hear from you guys what you think. 877-996-6369. Even Justin Timberlake weighed in, you're telling me, Danny G or Robert. Yes, he did. He tweeted at Lexi, which is Lexi Thompson's official Twitter handle. At Lexi is so classy, handled that with grace and fight. It was a career-defining moment. She's only 21 years old, and obviously she has been kind of the face of the LPGA among young viewers. And I, I just think this entire story is unbelievable. First of all, that they have an email address. Secondly, I immediately go to what is the motivation for somebody who emails in a situation like this? We're talking about an event that they didn't notice on the green, and there are rules officials everywhere. At most, there's a one-inch difference between where she should have put the ball back down and where she put the ball back down. She signed her scorecard on, on Saturday and cost herself an additional two strokes because she had no idea that she had committed a violation to begin with. And they don't find out for nearly 24 hours that there was actually a violation. And when they finally do discover a violation, they tell her in between the 13th and the 14th hole on the course. And she goes immediately from leading by two strokes to being behind by two strokes. To her credit, she birdied two late holes and got into the playoff where she lost. But I immediately go to, what's the motivation of the guy? And I would almost guarantee you it was a guy. What's the motivation of the guy that's sitting around watching this tournament on television? Is it gambling? Is it somebody who is a fan of somebody else who's competing with Lexi and they're looking for a competitive advantage? The big issue here is that every single shot by every single golfer is not on television. So it's not ironic, I don't think, that a guy like Tiger Woods would reach out and say that this rule is wrong because back in the day when Tiger Woods, who's not going to play in the Masters, by the way, but back in the, way, back in the day when Tiger Woods was playing in the Masters and every other tournament, every shot that he did was on television. So if he committed a violation, everybody would know about it. This is an unfair situation because the vast majority of the people who are on the LPGA or the PGA would not have every one of their shots on camera. And so there would never be an opportunity for somebody to actually dive in and say, wait a minute, we've got a violation that we found here. 
It's just ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to go to your calls, but first let's find out what's trending now. 877-996-6369. Your call's next, so dive into the phone lines here if you guys want to get in. And I will take those calls, but first let's find out what's trending now. I never tried to do that, but I don't tell you I go home just maybe three weeks a year. I don't have the time to rest. Other stuff, believe me, on top of that, some people from the movie, they want me, some people from the TV, they want me, so I try to make everybody happy. I don't have the time to rest. Is that Andre the Giant, I'm assuming? Yes, sir. Andre the Giant. They're doing a documentary on him, I believe, at HBO. We are going to France and to England for my wife's birthday this summer, months from now. And we're taking the kids with us. And when I said to my kids, my six-year-old, we're going to France, he said, that's awesome. And I said, oh, yeah, you're excited to go to France? I was kind of surprised by it. And he said, yeah, Dad, that's awesome. Andre the Giant was from France. How incredible is that? That's how much of a wrestling fan right now my six-year-old is, that when I tell him we're going to France, he says that's awesome. And I, I was surprised by that. I'm like, what in the world does he know about France? And he, he says, Andre, he didn't just say France. He said, Andre the Giant is from Grenoble, France, Dad. Do you think we'll go to Grenoble? And I was like, I, I, maybe. I don't know where Grenoble is. That's when you know you have a big-time WrestleMania fan. Props to Danny G for tracking down all the wrestling music that we've been p- playing coming in and out of the breaks. Uh, welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard f- part, figuring out which way is easier. Let me get the other ad in, and then I'm going to dive into your calls. I've used the phrase dive in a lot today. Ready for, sp- ready for summer. Ready for the pool to open up. Uh, with the True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a newer used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, my guy Ryan Brown reaches in and uh, says, "Penalty for signing an incorrect scorecard is dumb at all times, but how can you possibly be held to that when you had no idea you'd be assessed a penalty?" Amen. Uh, he is on the midday show down at Jocks in Birmingham, one of the most popular stations in all of uh, the country. We listened on their AM affiliate. A lot of you may be starting your day down in Birmingham listening to us there. Uh, Loaded lines. Let's go take your calls and see what you guys think. Let's start with Tim in Chicago. Tim, what's up, my man? Hey, Clay. How are you? You guys Um, planning a trip to uh, Uganda to go to the birthplace of Kamala next summer or what? (laughs) How amazing is that that when when you say you're going to France that you're – I mean, the six-year-old is so all in on on wrestling that the first thing he thinks of for France is not the Eiffel Tower or French language or baguettes or anything else. It's that Andre the Giant is from Grenoble, France. I mean, that is an incredible story. Yeah, he's excited about it. He's going to be a world traveler. Yes, no Um, doubt. Clay, I'm a golfer. I was a college golfer. I know you're excited for me. Um, <laughs> we walked in last night to turn on to see if the drive, chip, and putt was on because I got a bunch of kids and some junior golfers. And we literally turned on the golf channel as this was happening where this rules official comes up to her. Um, it was crazy. She was bawling when she hit her next tee shot. She ran in a 25-foot putt that very same hole for birdie to tie the lead. Um, we were cheering for her. 
the whole way. And I mean, I got kids that don't even care about golf. And once they saw this, and my uh, my junior golfer explained it to everybody, everybody was going crazy over it. There has to be a statute of limitations. The Tiger's right. There's no way that people who are on TV should have separate rules from the guys who are back in the pack and get no coverage. Amen. It's completely wrong. And it's why people hate golf because there's stupid rules. She gained no advantage from it, and I just think it's it's a shame that this is the only coverage the LPGA gets. But it's a black eye. It, it is. I appreciate the call, and and a lot of you are reacting as well. Rod is pointing out. We read the Tiger Woods tweet that Tiger got screwed, at, and I remember this with 2013 at the Masters. They said he had a bad drop on the 15th based on a viewer call in. And that's what I was talking about. Tiger Woods and guys of his ilk are followed on every single shot. So they're being held to a different standard. And my position on golf in general, look, I'm a bad golfer. I love the game. I like to go out and play. Is that one of the reasons why golf does not connect with the general public is, one, look, it's a rich guy sport. It just is. I didn't grow up rich. I didn't play golf growing up. I didn't play until I got to law school and I suddenly played. But you got to make the game accessible. And little piddling rules like this which don't impact the overall outcome of golf shouldn't exist right i mean the idea that i understand look if somebody's marking their ball and then they they move it three feet or they move it a foot to get out get advantage of a break or you know they, they i can understand completely that right but you should have a zone of legitimacy you know, uh, like I'm just making up right now. This idea, and the way that I play golf is the same way probably that you play golf. If I mark my ball, which is rare, most of the time I'm like, okay, I remember roughly where it was, right? I'm moving my shot because I'm not going to, like, lay out my club and measure it out if I've got to move a ball mark. And I, the guys that I'm playing with feel the same way, right? You genuinely, the golf is a game of honesty. You can be as honest as you want to be. And you basically are charged with being your own referee. And so this just, to me, flies in the face of everything that is golf. If she had moved her ball a foot or two feet, okay, I'm going to say that she's trying to gain some advantage here. But in this situation, and a lot of you are asking, is this motivated by jealousy? Who is the person who's writing in? Because Lexi Thompson has been doing, like she's done some hot bikini photo shoots. She's 21 years old. She's good-looking. She may be the new face of golf in America. She happens to be good-looking and also really good at golf. Is there an element of jealousy involved here? Who is this person? That's To me, when I hear that somebody is emailing in a violation this insignificant, I'll be honest with you. What I immediately think is, one, do they have money on it? Is this something where they're looking to try to make some money? Two, are they working in cahoots with somebody else who was in a tight match with Lexi Thompson? Who benefits from this, in other words? And three, I think this is where the LPGA has to say, you know what? We're not going to allow this. This is an insignificant issue. If you ignored this email, let me ask you this question. Let's pretend that I am LPGA commissioner. If you ignore this email, whatever happens, nothing. Why should you have to t- to treat this email tri- a tip as a serious issue? I get emailed all day. You know what I do with most of the emails that I get? Ignore them. People saying, oh, you should have talked about this more. Why didn't you talk about this instead? Oh, you're so biased. Like, I read them, but then I just ignore them. I don't respond to most of them. If I responded to every email I get, 
I would be able to never do anything of any substance. Not that I'm doing that much of that much substance anyway. I, I write on a website and I, and I have a, a national radio show. But I would never be able to do that. All I would do is sit and respond to emails. Now, I appreciate feedback, but that's all it is. David in Phoenix, what's up? Listening to the story about Lexi, I didn't see it, but but it made me think. I'm an I'm an older guy, and made me think back in the day. Uh, Craig Stadler, uh, a golfer, I think it was in Torrey Pines, California, and he hit his ball like underneath a tree, and he had and he hit the he put his towel down to kneel on the grass, not to get his pants dirty, and and hit the ball from underneath the tree. Uh, excuse me, and I believe a viewer called in. I don't think you emailed, but called in and said that's a, a rule violation. He he improved his lie by by kneeling on a towel, and he got penalized. I don't know if it cost him the tournament, but but the fact that somebody at home, you know, like like that guy said, eating Cheetos on his recliner, calls in and the PGA um, uh, penalizes him a stroke. It, it's just absurd that, for one, that somebody could call in and, and, and uh, have influence like that, and and I believe years later they they named that the Stadler tree. And years later, Craig Stadler um, they allowed him to to take a, a chainsaw and and cut down that tree. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great call, David. And and several of you also tweeted me that. And it was in 1987. I didn't know this story. Uh, 1987. Craig Stadler was at Torrey Pines, and to make his swing easier, this is a great example of why golf is just out of touch with the world. To make his swing easier, Stadler decided to hit his next shot from his knees because he was underneath that tree. And it was a low-hanging branch of a Leland cypress tree, this article says. In order to do that without staining his expensive pants from the wet grass, he placed a towel under his knees and chipped the shot into the fairway. Unfortunately, when those highlights were televised, someone flooded the tournament press with phone calls saying it was a violation of PGA rule. It cost him back in the day in 87, 37 grand because you're not allowed to sit on a towel when you hit that shot. I mean, every single one of you who's hearing that right now is saying, are you kidding me? That's a rule. My God, get with the, get with the world golf. Andrew in Georgia, what's up? How's it going, Blake? Um, thanks for taking my call. I got a few uh, things I want to talk about. Being a college golfer myself, um, you know, it looked to me like she obviously didn't do this on purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a difference if she had moved it a foot or two to get an advantage, but obviously she moved it an inch. Um, and I agree with you that, you know, they should publicize who called in or who sent the email in. <clears throat> um, and I think it's only fair if they're going to penalize her for this shot that was on TV, if every shot of every player of the whole entire four rounds are televised, that's the only fair way this call-in or email thing can be justified, in my opinion. No, it's a great call. Where do you play golf, by the way? Uh, West Georgia. All right, good luck, um, on, the, good luck on the season uh, down in West Georgia. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Yep, good talking to you. Um, we will come back and take more of your calls. Final segment of the show, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Woo! 
live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios in honor of WrestleMania. Ric Flair bringing us back. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Going to go to your calls here momentarily, but first... Rob Gronkowski back from his injury. Where does he make his debut? In the wrestling ring last night on WrestleMania. Here's what it sounded like. What's the biggest event? Gronk's what the hell? What is Gronk, what is Gronk gonna do? God, it's the biggest event Gronk's ever been involved in. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's WrestleMania. Gronkowski's in the ring. He's setting up. Oh, oh what the hell? hell? Just what? That is clocked clean by Gronk. Oh my God. <laughs> and now Mojo back in time. Oh, and oh my God. Gronk is unleashed. Neither do have these guys have a lick of sense. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, is there any doubt that he needs to do WWE when he finishes his career? I mean, he's perfect for it. In all honesty, you may think, oh, wrestling sucks, oh, it's it's fake, all those things, all those insults you can have. The guys are freaking phenomenal athletes. And they're even more phenomenal athletes now than they were back in the day. I mean, we're talking about 240, 250-pound guys climbing the tops of the ropes, flipping every which direction. I mean, this is a really high-end level skill. Man, and I tell you, Gronkowski would be perfect. Come out in a 69 jersey, fight people, scream, mic drops, everything. He'd be fantastic at it. All right, closing out your calls today. Thanks for spending your Monday with us here on Outkick the Coverage. I'm Clay Travis. And uh, let's go to Billy in North Carolina. What's up, Billy? Clay, thanks for taking my call, man. Yeah. Um, real quick, because you got to wrap it up, but... And my pops and my brother and myself, we've been playing for 30 years um, as far as golf goes. And we, we try to stick to the rules. We're no, we're just weekend hackers, but we try to stick to the rules. If you move the ball, it'll, you know, we see it, it'll cost you a stroke. But we don't, you know, we don't knock other people that we may be playing with for doing the same thing. It's just, you know, to each his own. But the rules are there to be, you know, to be abided by. And if she moved the ball, I didn't see it. But, you know, if she moved the ball, then, you know, it should, be, it should count as a stroke. Yeah, you're crazy. Thanks for the call, Billy. And I understand the rule. I'm not a rules are the rules guy. And that's I've never been a rules are the rules guy. I am of the opinion that the rules exist, but you have to examine the intent of the rule. Similarly to the way that that women's game against Mississippi State and UConn went down. If you watch that, that was not a flagrant foul. Okay. You use discretion of the officials. You don't just apply the letter of the law. You figure out what was the intent of the rule. The intent of the rule here was not for Lexi Thompson to be busted for missing her spot by an inch on her putt, which is what happened. And certainly the intent of the rule was not for super HD television viewer to be able to sit there, as uh, as one of our guys said, Smiley Kaufman with Cheetos in his lap, and email a violation. The intent of the rule was if somebody on the green sees you commit a violation, then that's a violation. Or if you commit a violation, then have it happen. Trey in Nashville. Trey there? All right, let's go to Charles in Portland then. 
Hey, Clay, uh, long time, first time. Uh, I used to work on tour. There's a, uh, there's a rule called the outside agent rule, and oftentimes it'll, it'll come up if someone outside the ropes is involved with a play. I was actually caddying for a player on the LPJ one time, and a dog came out and grabbed the ball and took off. That's oh, that's the awesome. outside agent rule. Yeah. And this, this was violated in favor of Tiger Woods at the Waste Management at the TPC Scottsdale, and they had a huge boulder inside that's part of the landscape of the golf course. And somehow he had the audacity to call an official and say, well, that's a loose impediment because it's not embedded. And they allowed five big guys to come out from, uh, from outside the ropes to come into that. the competition and move that boulder so he could hit a shot and it makes making a par. That's the outside agent rule. In this case, I think the same rule should apply because it's an outside agent outside the competition that is getting involved a day later after no. that competition the day before had already ended. That's a fantastic idea. I love that idea. Great call. Love the idea also of a dog running off with the ball. Uh, Charles in Portland. That's a, that's a, that's a fantastic question. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit tomorrow. But more importantly, we will be talking about Mark Few versus Roy Williams, Gonzaga versus North Carolina. Who gets the title? Bet on it. Clay Travis on OutKick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations apply.